welcome to the good old days of radio show. This is John Tefteller, your host. It's Tuesday. Tuesday is comedy, drama, and variety day, and I tend to pick a lot of comedy. Those of you who know me and uh, know my past and what I've, what I've done over the years probably wonder why we haven't gotten to Groucho Marx yet. I could run Groucho Marx every week. That would be my preference to do that. But in the meantime, I don't want don't to inundate everybody with Groucho Marx. But it's time to do one. And if I'm going to do one, I'm going to do what I think and what the majority of the public who saw this show back in the 1950s think was the absolute best episode of You Bet Your Life, which was his quiz show. It's the episode with Jose Gonzalez Gonzalez. And I guess if you're not familiar with this at all, I shouldn't say more right now, but I will, I will say a whole lot when we get done with listening to the episode. This is from February 12th, 1953, and it's sponsored by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Here we go. The DeSoto Plymouth Dealers from coast to coast, in every state in the Union, present Groucho Marx in You Bet Your Life. And now, here he is, the one, the only... Imagine getting him on Valentine's Day. Oh, that's me. not overdo it now. Well, here I am again with a thousand dollars for one of our couples. Don't even say the secret word, they'll win a hundred bucks. The word tonight is walk. And this is the duck who pays the money. I thought you went south for the winter. <laughs> we asked for some men with unusual occupations to volunteer tonight. And uh, just before we went on the air, Mr. Gordon Curry was chosen. His partner is a housewife, Mrs. Janet Riley. Folks, would you please come in and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, welcome to the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you do every day. Give up? <laughs> I do, too. Mrs. Uh, Janet Riley, eh? You're the housewife? Yes. And uh, where are you from, Mrs. Riley? I'm from Airdrie, Scotland. I beg your pardon? I'm from Airdrie, Scotland. Airdrie, Scotland. I don't quite understand. You're from Scotland, yet your name is Riley? Yes. Uh, which are you, Scotch or Irish? Well, my father was born in Ireland, and my mother was born in Scotland, and we were all born in Scotland. Oh, well, how did you... My husband's people were born in York State, but for Canadian parents, they must have been from Ireland at some time, so I'm half and half. Well, that's a good drink. <laughs> now, uh, your name is uh, Gordon Curry, eh? That's right, Groucho. Oh, that's a pretty fancy name, Curry. Huh? Never had Gordon Curry. Is it anything like rice curry? I bet you're pretty sick of that joke, huh? I'm getting used to it. <laughs> well, if we're going to be that frank, I'm not exactly crazy about curry. <laughs> How about currying me back to old Virginia? Would you be interested in that? I think it sounds very interesting. You're easily amused, aren't you? Uh, well, Australians are. Oh. You're, uh, you're from Australia? Yes, I'm from Australia. Oh, I didn't know that. Is your wife... Uh, Small girl or a large girl? She's a small girl. Small girl. Shrimp curry, eh? <laughs> you never should have said you were tired of that joke. I like it, really. 
Is your wife American or, uh, or Australian? No, my wife is an Australian. Is your wife pretty? Yes, she's very pretty. How about you? Would you say that you're a typical Australian man? I guess I would. Well, that gives me a pretty clear picture of Australia. <laughs> the women are beautiful and the men are half bald with red mustaches. <laughs> now, Janet, let's get back to you. And I'm curious, what brought you to this country? Well, I went to see so many people uh, going on the boats, and I just thought I would like to go on the boat too, so I finally landed on a boat myself. Oh. Came over here. And you just came over here by yourself? Yes. Took a lot of courage to do that, huh? Well... Did you ever hear that Scotch song that, uh... Oh, we parted on the shore. Yes, we parted on the shore. I said, you home, lad, I'm off to Baltimore. And I kissed her ruby lips as the crude began to roar. Hey-ly-ho, hey-ly-ho, as we parted on the shore. <laughs> It shows you. I've never been to Scotland, but I've drank the stuff. And, uh... <laughs> Gordon, let's get back to you again. What sort of work do you do? Well, um, I'm caricaturist columnist on the Los Angeles Mirror. Oh. Yes, I write a daily column called Caricature Quiz, and... Oh, my... I've seen that, yeah. Thank you. You're uh, a pretty good uh, caricaturist, Gordon. That's an unusual Cockney accent you have, Gordon. How, how do you explain it? Well, um, it's not exactly Cockney. It uh, the Australians speak this way. You must have a terrible time understanding each other, don't you? Yes, we do. <laughs> you sound like a Cockney to me, Gordon. Well, uh, What's the difference between the way an Australian speaks and the way a Cockney speaks? Well, uh, it would be hard to explain, but I could demonstrate to you. Take, for instance, um, uh, a girl, a Cockney girl. I'd be glad to. Where is she? Is she around here? <laughs> well, she would be if this chap picked her up to take her along the streets, you see. Oh. And he's taking her along for a drink. So he would say in Cockney, well, go blimey, Liza, strut a blinking lucky. Would you like to go up the rubbery dub and get yourself a bucket of beer, sir? <laughs> that girl has got any sense? She sends for a cop. <laughs> well, I'd like to continue this conversation, but it's time for the important business, the sordid stuff. And uh, in just one minute, you're going to play your bet your life for a chance at the $1,000 question. Right now, here's something of interest concerning the beautiful new DeSoto. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected songs by Rogers and Hart as your category. Here's your first question. How much will you bet? What do you say, dear? You say 15. 15? Okay, 15. All right. Give me the title of this Rogers and Hart song. Okay, Jerry. Blue Moon is right. $35. All right, how much of this are you going to bet this time? I want to put 30 on. 30. All right, let's see if you can... How much? 30. 30. 30. Let's see if you can identify this one. Play, Mr. Fielding. This must be love. This must, must be, be love. love. This can't be love. That's can't close enough. Love. And you now have $65. Now, how much of this 65 are you going to risk? 50. 60. Talk about 60. 60. 60. 60. Yeah. All right, what is the name of this song? Oh, 
Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. That is right. Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. You now have $125. I don't understand how a girl from Scotland knows all these Rogers and Hart yeah, songs. Yeah, not playing any Scotch ones either. Well, we could throw an Annie Laurie if you want to. Yeah, that'd be fine. All right, you have $125. Now, what are you going to risk? $120. $120. Give me the title of this Rogers and Hart song. Play, Mr. Fielding. Good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Thank you. Groucho, we have a man with an interesting uh, occupation for you and a housewife now, Mr. Harry Potter, and this is Florence Buckley. Would you please come in and meet Groucho Mark? Well, welcome, folks, to the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you do every day. Miss uh, Florence, uh, Mrs. Florence Buckley, and Mr. Harry Potter. Huh? Mrs. Buckley, I'll start with you. We'll go to Potter's for you later. <laughs> Where are you from, uh, Florence? I'm from Albert Lee, Minnesota. Albert Lee, I knew him very well. Didn't he run a blacksmith shop in, in Duluth? Oh, this is a different Albert Lee. This is the town. Oh, are you sure? Sure. How long since you left Albert Lee? 32 years. Well, are you getting any alimony from Albert? No. <laughs> uh, Mr. Potter, that's you. What, what is your hometown? Uh, Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Got you. What sort of work do you do, Mr. Potter? I've been a rural mail carrier for the past 30 years. Oh, is that so? Mm -hmm. well, which post office do you work out of? Uh, Saugus, California. Are you married, Mr. Potter? Yes, I am, got you. Where did you meet uh, Mrs. Potter? On a hayride? No, I met her in the uh, Penny's department store. I went in there to buy a shirt. And you got her instead? Well, she sold me a couple of shirts and a hat, and I did took you? them home, and neither one of them fit, so I... Well, where did you get her? At the, at the bargain counter? Well, I you, wouldn't say that. You didn't get her at the bargain counter. You mean your wife is no bargain? Is that what you mean? <laughs> Look out, Harry, you're walking on eggs. <laughs> well, let's get back to you, uh, Florence. Aside from being a housewife, do you have any ambitions? Have you ever wanted to be anything other than a housewife? Well, I tried, I tried uh, raising chickens once. What uh, happened? Well, I wasn't going to be like England and be caught without the eggs, so we went out to get ten. They Is were England like, caught without eggs? Well, they were during World Two. Is that so? Mm -hmm. And uh, what other countries don't have any eggs? So, uh, the she's ten got the dog. She just ignores me. Chickens <laughs> <laughs> were so cute that I went out and got sixty more, and I had seventy. And the rains came, and we had to bring them in the house, and we had seventy chickens on the ping pong table with chairs around them. And That's a pretty dirty trick to play on the chickens, isn't it? Well, they can go crazy trying to hatch a ping pong ball. <laughs> see if you can win some money. You run your $20 and more than our other couples, and you'll get a chance at the $1,000 question. Our first couple, Mrs. Riley and Mr. Curry, won $245, and the secret word is walk. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build the $20. You selected words ending in EX. Here's your first question. How much will you bet? And talk real loud. 
You think you should bet that much? And she want to say that? Okay. 1999, she says. What is the word ending in X that means an additional room or a connecting room or a building? Annex. Annex is right. On your way, you have $39.99. Let me going for $1,000 tonight. How much of the sum are you going to bet this time? Oh, you're a gambler. Well, we might just be broke as the way we are, I guess. Bet all but a penny, she says. Mm. <laughs> what is the word ending in X that means the center of a whirlpool? Uh, vortex. All right. You now have $79.97. And here's your third question. How much will you bet? Talk up. All but a penny. Come on, Florence. Talk right out loud. All but a penny. What is the word ending in X that means an instinctive reaction? Climax? What is the word ending in X that means an instinctive reaction? Quick. Uh, Automatic reaction. Uh, mm. uh, uh. Oh, I can think it's climax. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's it's reflex. Oh, <laughs> you, uh, I was going to say Kleenex. <laughs> they dropped to one penny, Groucho. All right, here's your last chance to beat the other couples. Now, how much are you going to bet? Shoot the works. Okay. <laughs> what is the word ending in X that means a two-family apartment building? Duplex. Duplex is right. Stop with uh, two cents. Nobody leaves here with two cents. I'll give you one more question to bring the total up to 25. Are you ready? From what state do we get Maine lobsters? Maine. Maine is right. Groucho, we invited some young ladies from a ski shop to the program tonight, and just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Miss Sally Neidlinger, her partner, Mr. Ramiro G. Gonzalez, and a hobby. So, folks, would you please come in and meet Groucho Marx? Well, welcome to the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you do every day. Miss Sally Neidlinger, eh? You're single, eh? Yes. Well, and you work in a ski shop? Yes. Uh, you'll never get married around there. All the boys have cold feet. <laughs> Mr. Ramiro G. Gonzalez, eh? That's you? Si, senor. That's me. Si, si, senor. <laughs> Ramiro G. Gonzalez. <laughs> what does the uh, G stand for, Ramiro? Huh? Gonzalez? No, I know. Ramiro Gonzalez, but it says Ramiro G. Gonzalez. What oh. does the G stand for? Ramiro Gonzalez Gonzalez. <laughs> What are you, twins? No. Are you pinch-heading for your father? No, uh, I'm Gonzalez, Ramiro Gonzalez Gonzalez, because my father, before she married my mother, he was Gonzalez. Could you give me that once more? Uh... My father was Gonzalez before he married my mother, and my mother was Gonzalez before she married my father. Well, they were crazy to get married. <laughs> what does your wife call you, Romero or Gonzalez? Uh, she called me Pedro.
that's the easy way. Huh? I'll just call you Gonzalez, Gonzalez, uh, Pedro, Gonzalez, Sam, Gonzalez. Huh? Everybody call me Pedro. Where are you from, Mr. Gonzalez, Gonzalez? Walla Walla? San Antonio, Texas. What's that? San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio! <laughs> Do you have a job? Oh, yes, I have a job. And I work in a WAI radio station. I just drive a station wagon, pick up some copies, and sometimes I pick money, and I take it to the station. That's all I do. Uh, uh, you, you're married? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How long you been married? Nine years. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask this next question. Was your wife named Gonzalez before you married her? No. Oh. How did you meet Mrs. Gonzalez Gonzalez? Well, she was working in San Antonio in an old theater. She was a dancer. And I have a friend, and then he took me to her in backstage. And then she gave me a good look, and I give her another good look. What kind of a look did you give this girl when you met her backstage? Uh, could you give us a sample look, Pedro? Well, I just... Can I look at her? Yeah, uh, I think so. <laughs> Would you mind if Pedro looked at you? Not See? Give it a look, yeah? <laughs> Did this have any effect on you at all, uh, Sally? I looked back. <laughs> Well, I'm curious about your courtship, Pedro. Uh, didn't her mother object because her daughter was so young? Well, she objects sometimes, you know. I remember one time I went to, to see my girlfriend. I took her a serenade. You took her a serenade? Yeah, like the, I saw in the movie, they take serenade. So I took a serenade to her. And then I had my guitar and I started singing a song. When I was singing the song, I saw the window open. And I thought it was my girlfriend who would want to give me a nice, good, nice kiss. Good and she's night. upstairs and you're downstairs? Yes, sir. Well, how could she kiss you if she was upstairs and you were down? Well, I think I can climb up. <laughs> and she then, was younger than you. She could have climbed down, too. You know? <laughs> and then the, the window opened. And I thought it was my girlfriend. And now it was her mother and she threw me a pail of water. <laughs> Throw a pail of water on you? Yeah. What were you singing? Kiss a fire? <laughs> what were you singing? Do you remember? Oh, I was singing the Rancho Grande. Well, could you give us a, a little of it? Uh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, ya yeah, el Rancho Grande. Uh, you want it in English? We're in Spanish. <laughs> What would you call that, what you just did? Uh, Rancho Grande. I mean. <laughs> would you call that English or Spanish? Well, I think I'd call it English. I, uh, you do it in English, huh? In English? Yeah. Over there in the big range, I have a beautiful... I have... <laughs> well, no wonder you got the water. <laughs> uh, and I dance, too. 
You do, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, could you do a little dance for us? Sure, why not? <laughs> what kind of dances do you do? You come over here, Sally, huh? And you go over there and dance, huh? huh? You, you want me to dance? Yeah. What do you want me to dance? I dance the jarabe tapatillo, I dance uh, uh, la bamba, I dance little mambo, and I dance, you know... Well, do something that you do very well. Okay. Well, when I dance, I, I just dance la jarabe tapatillo. Pedro, we could do a great act together. We could make a fortune in vaudeville, you and I. What, what, what would we call our act, you know, if we went out together? The two hot tamales? No, we could have called it Gonzalez, Gonzalez, and Marx. That's nice billing. Two people in the act, and I get third place. Well, enough of this palaver. Let's see if you two can win some important ones. I hope you're as sharp on this as you were on that, uh, Pedro. Here we go. You run your $20 into more than our other couples, and you'll get a chance. That's the $1,000 question. That's the DeSoto-Plymouth question. Don't forget that. The DeSoto-Plymouth question. Can't tell you how much you have to... Pedro, huh? you're wasting your time. That duck is in Guatemala, by the way. That's what I was waiting for. Oh. Well, I can't tell you how much you have to win, but Senor Fenneman is going to remind our listeners. Mrs. Riley and Mr. Curry still lead with $245. All right, you have $20. Now, uh, you selected locations of states. How much are you going to bet on your first question? I haven't got a penny yet. <laughs> oh, you have $20. <laughs> What state is directly east of Oregon? Um, Idaho. Did you guess? Idaho. Did I say that? Take a stab if you don't know. Idaho. Idaho is right. Well, you now have $39.91. Remember, you're going for $1,000 tonight. Now, how much of this $39.91 are you going to try? You say so. Okay, uh, 39. Okay, a lot of money. <laughs> what state is directly west of Louisiana? Talk it over. What answer? Texas. Texas is right. $78.91. Here's your third question. How much will you bet? How much? Not too much. I gotta buy beans tomorrow. <laughs> this is a Mexican Jerry Lewis. 
91 cents for beans. That's okay. all right, isn't it? We're going for 78? 78. What state is directly south of Washington? The state of Washington. Oregon. Oregon is right. You now have $156.91. Any uh, chance we can quit? <laughs> to risk all that money. You can bet 50 cents. You can bet a penny on this one. What do you say? I don't want to influence you. Oh, no. Shall we do it? We should do work. <laughs> you get a lot of beans if you win this. What state is directly east of Arizona? New Mexico. New Mexico is right. $13.82, and that means that in just one minute, you too get the chance at the $1,000 DeSoto Plymouth question. Well, here's our winning couple, Groucho, Mr. Gonzalez and his partner, all set for the DeSoto Plymouth $1,000 question. Right in here. All right, here we go for $1,000. I give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you. Think carefully and please no help from the audience. In biblical times, two cities were destroyed because of the wickedness of the inhabitants. One of these cities was Sodom, S-O-D-O-M. For $1,000, I want you to tell me the name of the other city. Talk it over. the answer you two have decided upon? Babel. No, sorry, it's Sodom and Gomorrah. Gomorrah. You should have known that. That's the correct answer, so that means the big question next week will be worth $1,500. Well, they lost the big money, but how much did they win the quiz, George? Well, they won $313.82 in the quiz. Well, thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers, and congratulations, and to all of our contestants on the show tonight. Remember that the dealers who sell the distinguished 1953 DeSoto also sell the brilliant new Plymouth, the first truly balanced car in the low-priced field. DeSoto, Plymouth, two great new cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. Friends, go in to see your DeSoto Plymouth dealer tomorrow, and when you do, tell them Groucho sent you. Be sure to tune in next week, same time, same station, for the Groucho Marx Show, You'll Bet Your Life. Brought to you by the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers of America, who now have on display the most beautiful car ever built, the distinguished 1953 DeSoto. See it tomorrow. And don't forget Groucho Marx and You Bet Your Life on radio every Wednesday night.
is George Fenneman signing off with a reminder from the National Safety Council. You can't control the winter weather, but you can control your driving. Okay, that was the single most famous episode of You Bet Your Life. I have a lot to say here, so I'm going to leave it to editor Daniel to decide how much of this is going to make it to the podcast. But I'm going to roll on on this for a little while because this is something very dear to my heart. As some of you know, if you know anything about me, during my later high school years and early college years, I was an employee of Groucho Marx. I knew Groucho, I knew George Fenneman, and I knew Gonzalez Gonzalez, who you just heard on this episode. And how I uh, came to Gonzalez Gonzalez is an interesting story. He did this show. He went on and appeared a second time, which we can run some, some other day, which is not quite as good as this one, but still amusing. And then he went into the movies. He appeared in a lot of movies, a lot of television shows. And then he kind of vanished. And in the mid-70s, around 1975, he was basically out of the public eye. Groucho at this point was 86 years old, and I was doing audio work and archival work for him. One day, I went out to the Los Angeles County Fair in Los Angeles to just go to the fair, and they passed out programs at the front gate when you went in the fair, and I started looking through the program, and it said, a little thing in the program said, tonight in the Mexican village, Gonzalez Gonzalez and his Tijuana pots and pans. And I thought, oh, I sure know who that is. And I didn't know he was still around. So I went and watched the show, put on a show where he came out with kind of like a Mexican band, and he played pots and pans with drumsticks on pots and pans and sang songs and did a, like a comedy act. When the show was over and he was uh, sort of cleaning up his stage, I went over to the edge of the stage and I said, Mr. Gonzalez, uh, like to talk to you for a second. And he came over, he was very nice. And I said, um, I know you from the Groucho Marx, You Bet Your Life. And he says, yes, everybody knows me from that show. That That's what made my career. Groucho made my career. I'm eternally grateful to Groucho for that. And um, I, it, was, it was the best thing I ever did. And I said, well, have you seen him lately? And he says, no, no, I haven't, I haven't seen him for years. And I said, would you like to see him again? And he said, absolutely, yes, when can that happen? And I said, well, let me make a phone call. So I went over to the payphone, and I called up to Groucho's house, spoke to his secretary who was running his life, and I said, hey, I'm at the L.A. County Fair. Pedro Gonzalez Gonzalez is here, and he says he would like to see Groucho again. And she said, oh, that would be fabulous. Yes, invite him to lunch. Give him, give him my phone number, invite him to lunch, and he can come out and he can meet Groucho again. And so a few weeks later, yes, that, that happened. And um, I was there for that lunch. And it was quite interesting because when he came in, Groucho, of course, had had multiple strokes by that point, several heart attacks, and was not in the best of shape. But his brain still worked quite well, and he still would be able to fire off jokes at a fairly rapid pace if he chose to do so and if he was in a good mood. So Pedro Gonzalez comes in. They shake hands, all smiles all around. Pedro looks around and says, Groucho, Groucho, boy, boy, you have a beautiful home here. And Groucho looks up at him and says, yeah, I got up yesterday morning and built it all myself. 
And the lunch went like that. It was like watching You Bet Your Life all over again. They joked. They had fun. It was a great experience. And he came back several times for, for lunch at Groucho's uh, during that time and continued to express his gratitude every time for what appearing on You Bet Your Life had done for him. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit about the program itself. What you just heard was taken from the television soundtrack rather than the radio soundtrack. I have the radio version somewhere, but it was just too difficult to, to locate where it was put. So we went for the television soundtrack, and it's virtually the same same broadcast. There's a couple differences that I can't remember. What they used to do is it was not a live radio program. You Bet Your Life was not a live radio program. It was one of the first pre-recorded programs, and they would bring Groucho and the contestants out. They would record for around 45 minutes to an hour, and then cut down everything to the make a solid half hour. It gave plenty of time for Groucho to mine the contestants for jokes, and to then they would have the best of that to be able to use for the half-hour program. The You Bet Your Life recordings were all saved by Bernie Smith, who was uh, one of the producers of the show, and he did a lot of editing on the show, and he saved the original master tapes of all of the radio broadcasts, the television broadcasts were saved by NBC, and most of those exist in the National Archives, or no, it's the Library of Congress, uh, via the NBC collection. But the original radio tapes were saved by Bernie Smith and were donated to Debbie Reynolds' Hollywood Museum Project in Hollywood, California, and stored in the Lincoln Heights Jail, of all places. One of my jobs working for Groucho was to go over to the Lincoln Heights Jail and take those tapes and take them over to Capitol Records to have them transferred down. They were on 14-inch pancake tapes. They played at 30 inches per second. Most home-available reel-to-reel recorders would go at 15 at 15 IPS at best. These were studio masters. They went at 30 IPS. And there was only one machine left in Southern California that could play a 30 IPS machine, and that was located at Capitol Records on, on Vine Street. So we had to take the tapes over there and play them to transfer them down to what was then modern-day reel-to-reel. Well, we did all of that. We had a, an engineer that worked on them, and he had a terrible time doing it because there were so many splices in the tapes where they edited everything, and every time it would hit a splice, the tape would break, and he'd have to re-fix, re-splice it, and then continue on making the transfer. The episode with Gonzalez Gonzalez that you just heard was missing from the Lincoln Heights Jail collection. It was not there. And Bernie Smith had insisted that everything that was done was at the Lincoln Heights Jail. Well, where was it? Nobody knew. We looked high and low. And then one day I happened to wander into a place called Coast Recording Equipment on Santa Monica Boulevard, which was a place that sold used tape recorders and used recording equipment and studio equipment. And there was a machine sitting in there that had a big roll of tape sitting on it. It couldn't be played on that machine, but they had this big roll of tape sitting on it. And I just happened to ask the owner, why is that tape there? And he said, oh, somebody left it here years ago, and it's still sitting there. And I said, what is it? And he said, it's an episode of You Bet Your Life with Groucho Marx. Oh? <laughs> 
And sure enough, we took it home, back to Capitol Records, put it on, and it was the missing Gonzalez Gonzalez episode. Somebody had borrowed it at some point in the 50s or 60s, took it over to Coast Recording to have it transferred down. They couldn't do it, and they just left it there. And so it was there after all these years. So I can go on more, but I think this is enough for one episode of the Good Old Days Radio Show. We can talk more about Groucho Marx and You Bet Your Life and other things in future episodes, but those are my reminiscences for the day. So until next Tuesday when we do another comedy, variety, and drama show, or Thursday for our Top Ten Horror Series, this is John Tefteller saying goodbye. (laughs) 